0: Talk to my friend Drew and Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew says, Allen. Dive Hard Conservative. I to this
1: guy for wisdom. Well, welcome to the Drew Allen Show. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. It's great to be here with you. I mean that sincerely. It's been a long day. Uh, you know, I just like to tell you sometimes and share, it's 9.13 p.m. Eastern. Captain is up at 6.13. I'm on the West Coast here. That's when we're recording. We do this thing without any breaks, of course. We got to record it, then we upload the show as fast as we can. Uh, but that's the kind of dedication you're looking at. Uh, but w- With me and Captain, you know, we, we really do... Um, enjoy doing this together. And I couldn't do it without Captain. So every now and then I like to remind Captain that he's not a chopped liver. I actually really appreciate him and I'm grateful for for what he does. This, this show wouldn't happen without him. That, that's the sincere truth. Look, you've got a binary choice. The time has come. You've got a binary choice in the 2024 election. You can either vote to save the country or destroy the country. Those are your options. And coincidentally, I am the one person in America who has written a book about it. America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? And I'm not going to make this episode all about me. I really don't care about me that much. That that is the truth. Yeah, I got to go out and talk about the book sometimes. But I wrote the book for this purpose. And it's really interesting, Captain. It's kind of weird what happened to me because I wrote this book last year. So... If you, if you haven't been listening to the show for a while, if you're new, if you have been listening, bear with me. I'll still make it interesting for you. But I wrote this book, the premise of which is 2024 is going to be a rematch between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Or perhaps some other Democrat who they replace him with at the last minute. And, and and to me, it was always obvious, but I don't know, since DeSantis decided to concede to drop out and finally come out and endorse Trump, it became real. It is going to be what I said it was going to be. And of course, my book was published in October of last year. And so really, my book is just now becoming really relevant for a lot of people because many people... Procrastinated contemplating the real stakes of this election. They were waiting for it to become really official. There were many people who said, Well, it's not certain yet that it's going to be Trump. There's still DeSantis in there or Haley. Haley is still in there, but she's not going to be the nominee. She's not going to be his vice president either. But it just kind of dawned on me today. That really, now's the time. Like All of these things that I've been thinking about for a long time really are happening now. They're really true. And I believed in them enough to write a book about it. But even for me, it's still kind of settling in. And there's a lot on the line. So you can vote for Trump in 2024, or you can vote for Biden or someone else and throw your vote away, and thus throw the country away. Those are your options. But we got a lot to get into. It was kind of a rough day, to be honest. Not personally. Honestly, it was a pretty good day. Uh, personally, for me. It was a break. I, I I don't know, Captain. Last week, for me, professionally, was just a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. It was like the week that would never end. So much drama. I've never been busier in my life. And that, that those are good things. I'm not a victim of anything. But... You know, I got I got clients who want to sue each other. I got I got all kinds of stuff going on, and that's not really what I get paid to do. I'm a publicist. I'm not a therapist, and so on and so forth. But it was just a crazy week. The, The reality is, I deal with a lot of personalities, and when you're in this space that I'm in, working with clientele who are quote-unquote A-listers, if you will. And they are. They're A-listers. I mean, they're very VIP people. You know, some are wonderful. Some are a pain in your butt. And last week was just like a perfect storm. People missing interviews, things going wrong. Everybody's the smartest person in the room all the time. Everybody's the smartest person they've ever seen in the mirror, Captain. That's the reality. And then there's me, Drew Allen, you know, just the humble man himself who deals with it all and whatever else. But, um... But but today was a good day personally but I got to tell you there's there's a really disheartening story that I guess I'll start out with and then I'll get into some things that I think we need to work on as individuals and as a country if we're going to save this place. But uh the Supreme Court I mean this happened a few days ago I guess but you know the Supreme Court decided thanks to John Roberts The Reliable Loser and Amy Coney Barrett that they ruled in favor of the Biden administration saying that the Biden administration has the right to cut the razor wire that Texas has put up to prevent the invasion of Texas. Now, I'll give you a couple different sides to this. she's, She's flat out wrong. John Roberts... Tommy Barrett's and the liberal nutjobs on the Supreme Court are absolutely wrong in this. This country is so far from what it was intended to be. We have no concept. I mean, it's amazing because we're not free people today, Captain. We're not free. Not even close, not close to it. I mean really the like 1800s kind of like the 1820s to the up to the civil war look I'm excluding the the slavery aspect yes that's important that's not my point but in terms of the kind of freedom that was imagined that was happening kind of 1800s onwards this vast expansion of the country very little taxation, by the way. It was just coming into its own. And we, we, we didn't get a taste of it. We didn't get a taste of it. I mean, the taxation alone, Captain, blows my mind. That you are robbed of 30, 40, 50% of what you work to earn by the federal government is just insane. And I'm already contemplating a second book. And I think the opening chapter will be to re-examine the question of what is the government? What is the government? What is it? Is it this entity of people that you elect to rule over you and change your life and tell you what to do? No. Not supposed to be in this country have this vast power where they can do whatever they want, live above the law, commit crimes, because there are no crimes, there are no laws for those people in government. But for you, they can turn the FBI and shoot you in your home in the middle of the night and nothing happens to them. I mean, that's what we're living in today in America. But what, I mean, what what is government? You know, what's happened is, I'm going to get into the story with the border in a second, but one of the things I've been contemplating today is this word apathy, apathy, where you just don't care, you're unmoved, apathy is kind of to me like how you would describe a sociopath, unfeeling, no remorse, nothing, you just, you're just there, accepting of everything. And I feel like we as a country are apathetic. I feel like this is an era of apathy. And it starts at the top. It starts with this government. It starts with Joe Biden. It starts with his his administration. We see apathy everywhere. Do you? I mean, there is no empathy, not even sympathy for suffering Americans in this country. And this goes back to Jin Saki when she was the press secretary. Do you remember? Do you remember this captain when Jin Saki? She had her quote about you know go do yoga classes or whatever. She was actually talking to Democrat supporters that were upset with the Biden administration for failing them on this and that. And in response to them being upset, she suggested, "Oh, go take a yoga class." This is the apathy I'm speaking of. Bidenomics. Shut up. This economy is working great for you, despite the fact that it's obviously not. Shut up and enjoy. How dare you ask us apathy? Are they going to change their policies? Is the Biden administration going to shift because they know something's not working and people are? No, they're not. We have two Navy SEALs who have been declared dead that were on a mission. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the country, but I just, I just have... Have you, listening, Have you have you thought about these two men who lost their lives on a mission that our government sent them to engage in? Now, sure, they sign up for this. I don't know much about this mission, obviously. There's obviously danger associated with it. I don't know if things went wrong, if this shouldn't have happened. I mean, ideally, no, no SEALs should ever die in some capacity if you execute a mission and so on and so forth. But again, comes with a job, the territory. But these two men are dead. They have mothers and fathers, other family members, and they just lost their sons. Do you think that Joe Biden is sitting there in the White House upon receiving this news and he's just really forlorn and moved by this? After all, he's the commander-in-chief. Undoubtedly, he probably approved this mission. Two are dead. When it came to Maui, we still don't know the death total, but we're talking about probably I mean, based on people I've talked to that live in Maui, who are being honest, they're saying, oh, the death total is way over 100, way over 100 from that fire. And Joe Biden, he took three vacations before he finally went to Maui for six hours or something like that. And he told people, I can relate. Yeah, you lost loved ones that were burned alive in a fire. I can totally relate to you because one time when I was younger, I had a kitchen fire and I almost lost everything because of the and, and he's lying, of course, exaggerating. There was a kitchen fire apparently. We didn't almost lose anything. This is the apathy I'm talking about. No concern, no care, no love, no compassion. And it bleeds down, it seeps into the populace. And I look at our citizenry, and it seems like a very apathetic citizenry. But we better not be apathetic. Because apathy is how we lose the country. I mean, we need to be deeply, deeply concerned about what's happening to America right now. Deeply moved to do something, to fight, to save it. And I just get a sense. Do you get this, Captain? I know there are people out there that love America, but I just get this sense, Captain, That so many Americans just do not even have not even contemplated what's at stake yet for 2024. They're busy or they're tired or they're worn out. They're apathetic. We would not have this country if our ancestors had been apathetic. Do you think that George Washington and the young men and old men together, because our pretty embarrassing army, in some ways, at the, in the American Revolution, tattered clothes, no shoes. It was old men, young men, anybody who could pick up a gun and go to war. And for much of that war, we didn't have gunpowder, by the way. We, we, we were We were playing games with the British, trying to trick them into thinking that we had things we didn't to keep them from attacking us. Because if the British had actually attacked us early on in the war for about a year, we would have lost. But they thought we had gunpowder and thought we had muskets and we had none of those things. We were waiting. We had no money. We were bankrupt. And despite all those circumstances, we fought on. Patriotism, that's not apathy. That's love. That's a desire to build something, create something, set yourself free. And if we do not reclaim that spirit between now and November, I am very worried we will lose the country. We cannot be apathetic. So back to this story about what happened with the Supreme Court. You already had a federal appeals court rule in Texas's favor. And of course, the Biden administration approached the Supreme Court and asked them to intervene. And thanks to Amy Comey Barrett and John Roberts, right the two supposed you know right leaning you know justices joining with the lefties they ruled that the biden administration has the authority to send border patrol in there to cut the razor wire so at this moment in american history we have a government that is exactly what the founding fathers feared it's abusive it's power hungry it's gone well beyond its limits. It is out of control and it's unlawful. And this administration is intentionally violating the Constitution. We have a government that is comprised of Joe Biden, Mayorkas, and all these others who are in violation of the U.S. Constitution, who are facilitating an illegal invasion of our border, for various personal political means. And you have a state, Texas, that finally steps up and takes matters into their own hands to do what the federal government refuses to do in violation of their constitutional duty. And now you have a Supreme Court that says, F you, we're siding with the tyrants. And this whole thing's disgusting because the argument being made, of course, is legitimate. But it's like everything the left does. It's a disguise. It's a head fake. So the argument is, oh, the Border Patrol can't properly do their jobs to monitor these illegals because the barbed wire or whatever this stuff is that has been set up by Texas is preventing us from doing our job. The Border Patrol has already been reimagined by Joe Biden and his administration. The Border Patrol is not in the business of protecting the border. They're in the business of facilitating the illegal invasion at the border. So we are actually in a civil war right now. There are some people out there, Captain, and they're saying Texas should secede. Texas should secede. We say all these things like they're jokes, like flippantly. Like, I mean, I, I this is the apathy I'm talking about. I mean, the federal government is at war with states in this country. It's happening. What should Texas do? If you're Texas and your own federal government is intentionally violating your own sovereignty as a state, what are you supposed to do? You know, I mean, honestly, war is not an illegitimate reaction to this. No, I don't want there to be war. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm trying to get people to grasp the gravity of these types of things that are happening in the country. If you're the governor of Texas and Joe Biden is thwarting your efforts to protect your own citizens that you were elected to protect in your state, what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to interpret that action and behavior? Is the federal government not at war with Texas? Are they not at war with Arizona? Are they not at war with border states when they are intentionally preventing these states from doing their own jobs? And this country was never, never, ever intended to give the federal government this much power. We have no state's rights left in this country today. It's unbelievable. So if you're a state, the Supreme Court basically said, F you, you're secondary to the federal government, which is a bastardization, by the way, of our entire Constitution and the formation of this country. But we've been moving this direction for a long time. And in light of this, I mean, there's good news and bad news. I've got a headline from the Daily Wire related to this invasion. Homeland Security Chair says, quote, we have the votes to impeach Mayorkas. There is enough support in the GOP-led House to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Okay. There's enough support. So where the hell is the impeachment? We have no line of defense against what's happening to this nation right now. That's the reality of the situation. You know what your line of defense is? It's 2024. And even then, we've got an uphill battle. But if you want to give the double-barreled middle finger to these commie tyrants, the only thing you can do, the best thing you can do is to support Donald Trump and reelect him. Because what do they hate more than anything else? Donald Trump. What do they fear more than anything else? Donald Trump. Stick him back in the White House. Stick him back in the White House. And we can win with Trump, by the way. We have got to change our thinking. We have got to change our thinking. Captain, does, does it drive you insane seeing people still out there with this negative attitude, acting like it's the end? We can't win with Trump? I said it last time. If we can't win with Trump, then we can't win at all. Change your thinking. Why should the Democrats believe that they have a chance in hell at winning based on what they've done to this country? Why? Oh, because the media tells you that Trump is this and Trump is that? I mean, this is what the Democrats have. Cue up, cut one, Captain. The country's going down in flames. This administration is responsible for it. And you've got Quentin Fulks, who is the principal deputy campaign manager of the Biden campaign here. And he was on ABC News with Martha, what's her name, Radic, Radish? Martha the Radish? She's looking really bad, by the way, Captain. I got to say, she's not aging well. She looks like she's had some work. It's not been good to her. But I'm just telling you, she's a very unfortunate looking woman. She's not getting any better with age. Drew, that's so mean. Well, I don't care. I'm not going to be nice to these people. They're trying to destroy the country. So anyway, play play this cut. I kind of cut it up. It doesn't take out any context and not manipulate anything. It's because I'm not going to sit here and lose your interest if the clip goes for three minutes. It's n- unnecessary. So you'll hear Martha kind of introduce the topic of Biden's age, and then you'll hear Quentin Falk's reaction. And I want you to listen carefully to what he said because it's the entire campaign strategy of this tyrannical Democratic Party and Joe Biden. Go ahead and play the cut, Captain. Go.
0: Age ...and mental acuity are a big concern with President Biden among voters. Our recent poll with Ipsos found 69% of those polled do not think the president has the mental sharpness to be president that is up from 43% in May of 2020. Look, when it
1: comes to the president's age,
0: we have a simple formula for that and
1: that's results. Um, you know, age equals wisdom equals results and experience.
0: And President Biden, uh because of his age, has come to the table and brought people together from both sides of the aisle to deliver results for the American people, whether it be historic bipartisan infrastructure bill, whether it has been bringing people to the table for job creation, making sure that inflation is down.
1: The president has been delivering results and our best answer to this is to continue to communicate about the things that people care about, Americans care about. This election is not going to be about age. This
0: election is about freedom and democracy and the fact that Democrats under President Biden's leadership believe that people deserve more freedom, uh, not less. And Republicans want to roll that back and rip it away.
1: There, there is your entire Biden campaign. We can't beat that. Are you, are you kidding me? We're not going to make this campaign... About age. Of course not, because Joe Biden has Alzheimer's or dementia or something. Everyone knows he's a rotting bag of bones in the Oval Office. We're going to, this is about freedom. It is about freedom and democracy. But if you re elect Joe Biden, you're losing all your freedom. And by the way, this is not a flipping democracy. We are a constitutional republic. It is not the same thing. As a matter of fact, you I've cut three, Captain. Captain, you haven't heard this. Captain, I was on a, a giant show, the GB News Network. It's the Fox News of the UK with my buddy, Mark Dolan, who's the host. I've been on a few times with him. It's been a while, but he invited me on. They reached out to me, actually. I was very pleasantly surprised to discuss the election. And uh, Mark Dolan I describe as like uh, the British Tucker Carlson, okay? And you just heard Quentin Folks, that loser that is the deputy campaign manager of the Biden campaign on ABC News this week, and of course there's no pushback. He's allowed to just rep- say that without anybody contesting it. Now. This clip is a little bit longer. I don't usually go this long, but you ha- it's about three minutes. But it's me for half of the clip. So don't go away. You're going to hear Mark Dolan ask this lefty journalist in the UK about Donald Trump. And he's going to give a response that you're going to hear like Quentin Fulkes. But unfortunately for this British loser, I was there to rebut. And I just ripped his throat out and threw it on the table. So I want you to listen to what we all need to be doing to these people because they cannot be allowed to get away with this propaganda. And I have a zero tolerance policy for it. Like I said, this was on Friday night. Well, Friday afternoon, my time, when I did this interview, it was a long week, but I just don't have a tolerance for it. So go ahead and play cut three, Captain Go. He is an anglophile and he spoke of a trade deal
0: with America and the US. So do you think a Trump White House would be in the British national interest? No, I don't think it would be in the British interest at all, or indeed the world interest. Um, for a start, uh, he says he'll settle the Ukraine war in 24 hours. Well, I don't think he will, but uh, he'll, he'll certainly... I think, be far less supportive of Ukraine, which uh, is likely to uh, greatly increase the chances of the Russian victory and the threat that then poses to uh, the rest of Eastern Europe. And, of course, he's made... He's not a great fan of NATO. Now, I actually agree that the rest of NATO should increase its contributions. I do agree with Trump on that. Mm. But his lack of commitment to NATO is another worrying thing. At a time when uh, the world is increasingly run by nasty tyrants... And Trump loves these tyrants and smoozes up to them and admires them and so on. And the third thing that I think is, is uh, worrying is, you know, Donald Trump has basically defecated on the US Constitution. The idea of the rule of law, uh, the, the, the democracy and all of that severely undermined the authority of the what is, you know, the greatest democracy hitherto in the world, and it's toppling right now, and if Trump wins... I think it could be fatal, U.S. democracy. I'm not sure I fully agree, Drew Allen, with Michael Crick there, because, of course, uh, four years as president, Donald Trump didn't start a single war.
1: Well, that was all really good propaganda. I've heard it everywhere from CNN and everyone else who has been lying to basically everyone for years and years and years. The amazing thing that we can look at is we actually lived, all of us, under a Trump presidency and a Biden presidency. And if you just ask yourself one simple question, that Reagan question, are you better off today than you were four years ago? If you ask yourself, were you better under Trump or Biden? Well, it's amazing because by zero metric, not a single metric you can name, even lying like you just did. uh, Can you suggest that things are better under Biden? We didn't have a war in Russia and Ukraine. We didn't have the possibility of a third world war or this unrest in the Middle East. We had a secure border in the United States of America. So despite the propaganda and the lies, it's actually the left that's defecating on our Constitution. And we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. And the people are fed up with this. And what the Democrats and the establishment are trying to do, it's not just about GOP and Democrat Party. It's about a bunch of elites who have defecated on the Constitution long ago to seize power from the American people, who believe that this government— Right. Remember, we went to war, by the way, King George III, I, you know him, uh, over a lot of this. And our Constitution says we, the people, are the master, and those in government are the servant. And what we have now is them defecating on our constitutional process by trying to prevent the a, a leading GOP uh, a leader for president uh, from running over this total baloney. And it's all in my book, so I don't have time to get into the whole thing well, here, but well, it's a lot of people. Most too long definitely.
0: Debate. Most definitely. Let me let me do a plug for the book. It is called uh, America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Uh, It's already got the country talking uh, briefly. Just a few seconds, if you can, Rafe, Uh, your reaction to what you've heard. Yeah.
1: Anyway, that's a kind of shellacking that, um, you know, you can only hope to do on live TV. That poor guy, I hope he lost sleep that night because his face looked like he had no uh, blood left in it. His complexion was so pale, that pathetic excuse for a journalist. But my point is, that's it. All they have are what? They have talking points. Miserable talking points that have no actual data, no concrete evidence. They're not based in reality whatsoever. It's just fantasy land. And these people go on TV all day long and say, Trump's a threat to democracy. Trump, we won't have democracy anymore if we elect Trump. It's about freedom. This election is not about age. It's about uh, freedom and democracy. These just stupid, ludicrous talking points. And they're appealing to the lowest common denominator of human beings. The absolute stupidest people among us that could possibly believe this kind of garbage. And it's our role when we encounter somebody like this lunatic Michael Crick that I just beat down verbally on live television on Friday night. It's our job to do what I just did. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm not saying I'm special. My message is I'm not special. I'm just one guy who's passionate, loves the country, and isn't going to tolerate this bull crap anymore. And nobody, all of you, anybody listening, it is incumbent upon you not to tolerate this bull crap, to push back, not to allow this to happen. We cannot be apathetic. We cannot sit here and let this stand. Our country's at stake, and these people are weak. They're feeble-minded. They're not smart. And they also, we can change their minds. That's the other thing. But you know what the Democrats are up to too, which is amazing, Captain? We have, on the one hand, an issue in this election for Joe Biden, right? Not just his record, it's his age. It's the fact that was just brought up on that clip I played, the previous one, that demonstrated that I think it was 63, 64% don't think that Joe Biden's mentally up for the task of being president. So that's a real thing that people are aware of. And so the left, of course, doesn't want to make age an issue. And yet the left also wants to make age an issue because they're trying to suggest that that it's actually Trump. That Trump, his age, that he's too old to run for president. So Nikki Haley, she was asked why she's still in the race. I'm trying to. I want to explain something to you about the media. It's all a coordinated hit job. Do not let the media shape your reality. So on the same day that you have, or this, you know, around the same time that the media is trying to suggest that they're not going to make this about age with Joe Biden and so on and so forth, you have Nikki Haley going on. What was she on? What was this even? Uh, face the nation. Deface the nation, I think, is what Mark Levin calls it. This is on Sunday. And actually, I, I'll read you some pool quotes from what she said. Go ahead and cue up cut two, though, Captain. I want to, I want just go ahead and play this cut. No context in here, Just play it. Former President Trump on Friday repeatedly and wrongly said that you were in charge of the January 6th security response at the Capitol, and he said your name four times. I wanna play this for our viewers. They never report the crowd on
0: January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they, did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything? Deleted and destroyed
1: all of it. All of it because of lots of things, like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. So I just play that clip because this has been making the rounds. You did hear correctly there. Donald Trump goes and gives these two-hour talks, right? No teleprompter or anything else. And he suggests that Nikki Haley, which of course he would have meant Nancy Pelosi, was in charge of security on January 6th. Now, a couple of things. There is a strong possibility that Donald Trump intentionally said Nikki Haley was in charge it's, it's, it's possible that he intentionally made that mistake knowing that the media would run with it. Whether he meant to make that mistake or... By the way, who cares? When I talk for an hour on this show, I make mistakes. Even after the show, I think, oh, I got that name wrong. I said that thing incorrectly. Because I just go for an hour. Such tremendous brain power I've been blessed with. But when you get talking... And you got 60 stories and things on your mind and you got people asking questions. It's it's live. It's not scripted like Joe Biden who can't even get through a teleprompter address that's prepared for him. Donald Trump goes out and talks all day long without looking at anything. And he does it six times a day in six different states. It's amazing. But anyway, my point is whether he made the mistake and said Nikki Haley... When he met Nancy Pelosi about being responsible for security on January 6th, do you know what the the result was of him doing that? The, The media actually admitted that Nancy Pelosi was responsible for security on January 6th. They actually ran stories saying, ha ha ha, Donald Trump's so stupid. He said Nancy Pelosi was responsible for security on January 6th, and Nancy Pelosi was responsible. What did he get the media to do, whether he meant to or not? To admit that Nancy Pelosi's the one who botched January 6th. That Nancy Pelosi's the one who was who who oversaw a, a debacle. So, in one way, he played the media. So, again, I don't know if he meant to or not. He could have made the mistake. But hilariously... The media acknowledged what we all have been saying that they previously denied in the past. In the past they said, no, 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 it wasn't her responsibility for the for the for, for the Capitol Police or anything like that. No, no, it wasn't her responsible. Because they were trying to cover up the fact that there was a plan in place to create this J6 insurrection. The media was ready to run with it. Insurrection for their own purposes. It's in my book. I've talked about it on here. I'm not going to do it for the for, you know, the umpteenth time. But anyway, Nikki Haley goes on to attack Trump's age to suggest that he's in mental decline, and so what you're going to see is you notice there's a there's a kind of a, a strategy the Democrats engage in, right? They just project what is wrong with them. On their opponents. On their opponents. So the media will have no problem because they have no shame. Claiming that Trump is too old to be president while they're running a bag of bones for re-election. And by the way, you, you, you have this narrative too. You see, they they are running interference for Joe Biden because they know age is an issue. And this is what I mean when the media coordinates these things to shape one's reality. They they, they all get together and run with the same narrative. So you had Vice President Kamala Harris, who defended Joe Biden's mental sharpness on the same show. That same show with the first clip that I played, with whatever his name was, uh, Quentin... whatever... Joe Biden's campaign manager, principal deputy campaign manager, that was talking about how they're not going to make age an issue. Well, in that same program, you had Kamala Harris go on. And here's what she said. I spend a lot of time with President Biden, be it in the Oval Office, in the Situation Room, and other places. He is extraordinarily smart. He has the ability to see around the corner in terms of what might be the challenges we face as a nation or globally. So this is it. They're going to come out every day and claim that Joe Biden's the smartest. His age is not a problem. It's a benefit because he's got this experience. You got to be stupid to believe this stuff. You got to be stupid to believe this stuff. Um... Here's Joe Biden. If you recall, multiple times, Joe Biden has actually threatened the American citizen saying, if you want to take on the government, you've got to have F-16s or F-15s or nuclear weapons, right? And this is what I mean by apathy, Captain. To hear in the United States of America the supposed president of the United States threaten the American citizen With war? It's unprecedented. To suggest that you better be careful because we'll send the military to kill you is basically what they're saying. And and we're so far from the real understanding anymore of civics and our nation's rich history that the reality is That it should not be controversial in the public discourse to acknowledge the fact that we actually do have the right to overthrow the government. You understand that, right? If you read the Declaration of Independence, if you read even the Constitution, the government should fear the people. The reason we have a Second Amendment is so they don't screw with us. That's the reality. The government should be living in perpetual fear of violating the Constitution because we the people have the power. And yet, what do we live our lives doing as citizens? Living in fear of the government, then putting us in jail for taxation, Joe Biden threatening us, sending the FBI after us, doing this, doing that, shutting us down, silencing, going after First Amendment for free speech. We live in perpetual fear of the government when it should be the reverse. And the fact that we discuss in the public discourse that, yeah, if a government becomes tyrannical, it's very clear that we have the right. It's actually our duty to replace this government with another. And that isn't to call for war. In fact, the acknowledgement of that reality is the greatest way to prevent something like that from happening. I mean, it's like mutual deterrence, right? The Cold War. How did we win the Cold War without firing a single shot? Everybody had some kind of respect for human life. They recognized, okay, we don't want to destroy each other. It's too violent. It's too bad. So let it, we better resolve this peacefully. It's the same thing in the United States. This is just natural behavior. Yeah, go ahead and pull it up, Captain. Let's read this from the Declaration of Independence. Well, I can see. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got to highlight it. All right, here we go. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from, this is important, the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute a new government. It's the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. Remember those words. Remember them. This government needs to remember them. Because you've got Joe Biden over the weekend. He was speaking to reporters. He did the same thing he always does. He mocked this same quote from Thomas Jefferson. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. And now, what did Jefferson mean by this quotation? That the American people should, as I just said in the declaration, should have the right to rebel against a tyrannical government. And you have Joe Biden making fun of that. This government doesn't take us seriously. And uh, Biden said, again, you know, that if U.S. citizens really wanted to fight the government, we would need F-16 fighter jets. And I pointed this out before, but it's amazing. Uh, Joe Biden says we don't need uh, AR-15s. And yet he says we would need F-16 fighter jets. Yeah, pull that one up too, Captain. Captain's on a roll here. Here's an Abraham Lincoln quote we the people are the rightful masters of both congress and the courts not to overthrow the constitution but to overthrow the men who would pervert the constitution yeah you know this is just this is just a theme captain i mean we just feel so powerless right now we just feel so powerless i mean I, it's like we have whether it's hillary clinton or barack obama or Christopher Ray or Alejandro Mayorkas, Joe Biden, any of these bureaucrats, both elected politicians and unelected bureaucrats, they can literally commit crimes all day long. But because they're in the government, they do it with impunity. But you don't pay a parking ticket and they'll come and steal your car. They'll tow your car, they'll seize your property. It's just unbelievable. And so much of this is just a result of us accepting it. And I'm not saying there ever needed to be any kind of physical pushback. That's not what I'm saying. But your mentality dictates where a country goes. So if you're going to start to become soft in the mind and spirit and heart and accept this idea that your government is all-powerful and they're the master, well, little by little, you're going to allow not only those people who want to bastardize the Constitution to come into power, but your country's going to going to slip away. And that's where we are today. But we have an option in 2024, and that is to reelect Donald Trump. And I guess I should comment on the DeSantis thing because, well, I've been a very outspoken critic of DeSantis throughout his campaign. And what I would say is, I'm very deeply moved, I'm encouraged, and frankly, I am very proud of both DeSantis in this moment and Trump. Donald Trump was magnanimous in his acceptance of Desantis's endorsement. And I thought DeSantis gave well, the best speech he's given since he started his campaign. He seemed relaxed. He seemed authentic. He seemed honest. And it seemed to just take a load off of his shoulders. And that's why I've said most of the time when I comment on these issues, that politics is a blood sport, And most of it, I'll get over. I'll get over. DeSantis made the right decision. And now that these two have decided to move forward and put the bitter campaign politics behind them, we have to do the same thing. But there are a number of these DeSantis supporters who now are saying they will support Biden or RFK Jr., over Trump. Which tells you that a lot of the people supporting DeSantis were frauds. A lot of the people supporting DeSantis were not conservatives. And they, in fact, do not love the country. Because you cannot support either Biden or RFK Jr. and love the country. I'm sorry. You can love RFK Jr.'s position on Big Pharma You can love his position on vaccines, but he is wrong on every single other issue. Every single other issue, he's got it wrong. And so to vote for either of those people, Biden or RFK Jr., is to vote to destroy America. That's just the reality. I'm not commenting on RFK Jr. as a human being. I don't know anything about him, except that he used to be a womanizer, which runs in the family. He's a Kennedy. But I'm not looking to date somebody. I'm not looking to marry somebody. I'm looking to support somebody who has my best interests at heart. And the only person that is prepared to do the job necessary to put us back on the right track and at least give us a fighting chance is Donald Trump. And at this point, it is incumbent upon every single patriotic American to support Trump. You can, those things you've disagreed with, you would be wives to try and push Trump in that direction. It is actually our responsibility to hold Trump accountable. It is, in fact, our responsibility to make sure that he remains on the path, that he fulfills his promises. But I have no reason to believe he won't do that. He has not shown that he wouldn't do that in the past. All this garbage about he didn't finish the wall or he did this or he did that. The Republican Party was sabotaging him. And at some point when you're running for re-election, I mean, this is the whole thing. The revisionist history with COVID was a disaster. One of the worst moments in world history that worldwide governments use this airborne flu, basically, to seize rights, to expand their power, to fundamentally alter and, and frankly create this massive regression in all the progress we've made in terms of understanding of politics and government and our relationship to government. Absolutely despicable and diabolical. But to blame Trump for all of it, when he's sitting there caught in the middle, when everyone's colluding around him, when he can't trust anybody, I mean, I believe he did the best he could do in that moment. And obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and he would have done many things differently if he knew what they were doing. Did anyone imagine what they know now? Look, the Democrats stole the 2020 election. Could anyone fathom that there were people in the American government They would actually collude and coordinate this takedown of the American economy, this lockdown to sabotage a president, and then create a situation in which they could create massive fraud. No. There's one more thing I haven't commented on in a while, but I think today's a good time. I don't mean this as a criticism of these individuals because actually I respect most of them. But it's worried me deeply to hear this be spoken about so freely. And that is the assassination of Donald Trump. Tucker Carlson has brought this up in the past. Many people have brought this up in the past. And I don't like putting it out there. It makes me very uncomfortable. It's very dangerous in my opinion. But today I'm going to talk about it because Alex Soros, who is the son and heir of George Soros, he wrote an article. And in the photograph of it, it's very clear that he was insinuating Donald Trump's assassination. In the image that went with the article, there was a. Bullets in a glass window. And there was a cryptic photo that was a stock photo from many, many years ago, but nonetheless suggested Donald Trump. These things are not accidental. You've heard Alex Soros and these people increasingly talk about how dangerous Trump is. He must be stopped. And, and, it, and it just, it very much concerns me that, th- that this is out there and that these people would not only suggest this, but want this to happen. That people could possibly think that Donald Trump's assassination would be good for America. I don't speak this way about Joe Biden, Captain. And I would frankly condemn anybody that would say that. I don't wish that. Because the consequences of this type of behavior, assassinations that go out there and happen and whatnot, is the unraveling of the republic. And we're already unraveling at the seams because of what the Democrat Party is doing. Prosecuting Donald Trump. But that would be a step too far. I mean, I I, I guess kind of in closing here. I just hope people take the time to very seriously consider what is at stake this year. How important this election is for this country's history. And to talk about it with people. And I've made this comparison. The situation we're in really is very similar to the American Revolution. You can bring up comparisons to the Civil War as well, but, I mean, this is a unique time in history. We've never been in a a period like this. But, you know, in 1776, the colonists, the Americans, all they had known was life under the British monarchy. That's all they'd ever known. They were British subjects. King George was their king. And many of these people admired London. They actually loved Europe. They wanted to be very European. And as a matter of fact, George Washington amazingly about George Washington is one of the things that bothered him that contributed to him becoming the leader of the American Revolution was that he wanted to be recognized and given respect by the British as an early war hero in the French-Indian War and thereafter. And the British would not look at the American colonists as their equals. They looked down on them. But anyway, if you look at the time of the American Revolution It wasn't certain that we were going to go to a war with Britain. That was a big decision with a lot of risk. And most Americans, because they had never known freedom, they'd only known life under British rule, they weren't necessarily keen on severing that cord. But little by little, things began to change and unravel. The abuse got a little worse and the americans started talking about freedom contemplating what their lives might be as free men as an independent nation and do you know what it was that helped spark that public discourse it was thomas paine's pamphlet common sense that's the that's the manuscript that did it and it, you could argue that without Common sense, there might not have been an American Revolution. Because he forced the American colonists to contemplate the stakes of the American Revolution and then to convince them to support the American war effort. And that's what I've tried to do with my book. Not go to war. That is not my intention. But my intention is to alert people of the stakes of 2024 to somehow force them to contemplate how important and significant it is, and then to encourage them, inspire them, convince them, persuade them to choose Trump in 2024. Because we don't have to go to war. We still have an election. And all you have to do is give this election everything you can. From now until November, find a way to persuade other people. Find a way to get involved. Be an activist, a patriot. Don't just sit at home. Don't be apathetic. When you see what's happening, allow yourself to feel something. When you read that these two SEALs were killed on a mission in Somalia or off the coast, don't just move on. Those two SEALs had families. This border situation, 10 million illegals pouring across here. What is that going to do to you? What is it going to do to your kid's future? What is it going to do to this country? We're 23 trillion plus dollars in debt, and we're just supposed to fund 10 million illegals, 20 million illegals, 30 million illegals from cradle to grave? Americans are being replaced by these people right now. We're going to have artificial intelligence we have to deal with. We have a cabal of elites who do not like human beings. They detest us. It's not just America that's at stake. It's humanity that's at stake right now. That's the reality. It's about humanity. All of that is slipping away because of a minority of lunatics. So look, we all have the capacity to Take back this nation's destiny. We all have the capacity to save this country. But you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to be an optimist. You've got to believe you can win. Do not let the left beat you down. Their victory is not certain. Our defeat is not certain. Start to believe that their defeat is certain. There is no way in hell they can win in 2024. I believe that in my heart. And we have a great candidate, a candidate that must be reelected, a candidate that when he's reelected, I remember, Captain, in 2016 when Trump won. I was at a hotel in Big Sur with my wife, a bunch of liberals everywhere all around me at this hotel, and I have never felt so much joy as that moment that Donald Trump won in 2016. That's not true. I felt more joy when my daughter was born, for example, at my wedding. But nonetheless, apart from those kind of personal uh, instances, I've never felt just so much glee as when that happened. And I sit there and have my bre- breakfast, captain, and I just look around me at the other tables of people sitting outside eating their breakfast, and they all look like they wanted to cry. Not me. I had a big smile on my face. And that can be us again in 2024. That can be our nation in 2024. So buckle up. It's going to be a hard year. It's not going to be an easy year. But we're going to get through it. And we're going to get through it together. And I don't mean that Uh, just to, to blow smoke. All right. All right. Well, this is, this is one episode for the ages, captain. I don't know what's overcome me. Passion, deep passion. All right. Well, God bless you all. I really appreciate you being here. This will probably be the only episode this week, to be honest. Uh, but this is your millennial minister of truth. And until next time.
0: Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate and his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew conservative. I to this guy for wisdom.